There has never been a time in the history of the world when knowledge of our Savior is more personally vital and relevant to every human soul. Imagine how quickly the devastating conflicts throughout the world and those in our individual lives would be resolved if we all chose to follow Jesus Christ and heed his teachings. In that spirit, I invite you to listen for three things during this conference. Pure truth, the pure doctrine of Christ, and pure revelation. Contrary to the doubts of some, there really is such a thing as right and wrong. There really is absolute truth, eternal truth. One of the plagues of our day is that too few people know where to turn for truth. I can assure you that what you will hear today and tomorrow constitutes pure truth. The pure doctrine of Christ is powerful. It changes the life of everyone who understands it and seeks to implement it in his or her life. The doctrine of Christ helps us find and stay on the covenant path. Staying on that narrow but well-defined path will ultimately qualify us to receive all that God has. Nothing could be worth more than all our Father has. If you're anything like me, you're facing many distractions in your life and you know, things that are going on, your own spiritual hurricanes, um, just the trials and the inevitable hardships of this experience here on earth. After all, we're here to become like our father and mother in heaven, to be um, godly parents one day in eternity ourselves. And so we have much to experience, which we understand that during this lifetime, this is the best time to learn is when our body is one with our spirit. But the frustration that I feel often is very real. Um, the anguish, the heartache, the... I think I finally moved past the why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to deal with this? And I've kind of gotten more to the, are you really going to give me one more thing to handle? Okay, now how do I do this? And um, if you've been listening to my podcast uh, I hope that you see some sort of progression in my ability to live faithfully as this is what I'm trying so hard to do is to live by faith. And interestingly enough, this is what they talked a lot about in the most recent conference in October of this year is living by faith, is trusting the Lord, is being vigilant about pushing out the doubts that we inevitably um, have that rise in our life because of the things that we are going through and that we are enduring. As I've been spiritually contemplating what to talk about this week, um, it's really been impressed upon me just to talk openly and freely, kind of a fast and testimony meeting, but um, a little bit different with an LDS Real People Real Lives twist to it. 
and I am your host, Stephanie Colvin. It is my absolute pleasure to continue to be able to do this podcast. I'm so humbled by this experience and the opportunities I have to serve the Lord. And this is one of those many ways uh, that has truly blessed my life, definitely has kept me anchored in the gospel and continues to help me grow my faith foundation, but it has not been easy. So when we talk about looking at um, the trials and the things that we face, I know most recently the one thing that's really struck me is going back to this vaccination. You know, you, you wouldn't think that this whole pandemic and the COVID would divide a country as badly as it has, uh, friendships and family as badly as it has. Even politics before COVID-19 was a huge division for people. And my family has not been excluded from this experience. I always thought growing up, no matter where we were in our family, if we were involved in the gospel, not involved in the gospel, if we had um, you know, chosen to attend a different church, or like I said, I have a couple members of my family who are atheists, we would all come together when the going got rough here on earth, and we would face it together as a family whole. Uh, being there for each other, supporting one another, putting our brains together. How do we endure and overcome this? But reality has been that that is simply not the case. And I'm going to use an example of my younger brother. He is going to be 42 here pretty soon. And uh, he and I are very close. We have a very close relationship, even though we're seven years apart. Um, mainly because when I was in sixth grade, our house burnt down and we had to go live with my grandparents at the time who had a very small home there themselves. And so we lived in the living room. Our bed was in there and we had to share beds with the five kids. And um, the person that slept with me was my younger brother. And at that time he was only three years old. And I have so many good memories of uh, staying up and just playing with him singing with him um and we used to do what we call bumper butts where we would <laughs> basically thrust our hips forward and then throw it back and try to hit each other as hard as we could and uh you know he's six foot six so even at, now he's six foot six so even at three years old he was a big kid and um those are just such fond memories that i have of the times that we've spent together and then of course as we got older we we always remained very very close and i think because of the age difference i always kind of felt like a second mom to him more than a sister um so needless to say out of this relationship there's come a lot of uh, devotion and commitment loyalty a lot of love we're always there for each other uh, even in the worst situations we can count on one another which um that says a lot just because your family doesn't mean that it's always that way in your relationships kind of that ride or die mentality and uh i really always appreciated that about him but this whole vaccine thing that's been going on he simply does not understand why i would get the vaccine and you know what i get it i understand why he feels that way but as we continue to move forward and time clicks on living here in California with the worst governor ever, 
um, and I'm not being political. I just don't agree with the mandates and forcing us to do things. This is not how God operates, and this is the promised land. We are not to be forced to do things, even at the expense of our ability to be able to provide for ourselves. And this is what's happening. So more and more of us are being forced through mandates to take the vaccine so we don't lose our jobs. And now we've got kids who are being forced to take the vaccine um, in order to attend school. And uh, it's not, this is not good. It's not good at all. And you know what's going on is that because the vaccine is being used politically and because it's being used to pass and push, um, you know, individual ideologies and um, just agendas, it's, I think the blessings of the vaccine are being shadowed by how it's being ill used. Um, and it's kind of become a vehicle to push through um, certain uh, just ways of living that we're not used to, especially here in the United States. Uh, we are used to being treated as a people that we are trusted by our government to always come through and do the right thing. As a matter of fact, we are the country, love it or leave it, like it or not, that tends to go into other countries and help them fight for their own freedoms and liberties. And um, yet we're losing more and more of our freedoms and liberties here at home. And I think that this is overshadowing what the, what good the vaccine could do. And because of that, we could be doing more harm than good. So here's an example. Um, my nephew, who's 14 years old, he is a freshman in high school and he his school district is going with what Governor Newsom has mandated that the vaccine shot has to be given through all K through 12 students in order to continue to attend school. Now he has not allotted or come up with a plan for those who have, are unvaccinated and how to continue their education. He's completely focused on getting everybody vaccinated. And as far as he's concerned, that's how it's going to be. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And now my brother, who is a revolutionary at heart, um, he owns his own company and uh, he's been able to thus far get away with not taking the vaccine um, because he is his own boss. And now he's having to look at the fact that uh, he potentially will have to have his son take this shot um, in order to attend his, his school and continue his education, which we all know education, I mean, the church is a big proponent of education, both temporally and spiritually. And um, his research on the, on the vaccine has only been kind of like what I was. Everything was negative. Um, it was only about the, the side effects, those who were suffering, those who have died, um, and then focusing on some of these other news stories that come out from higher ups and these uh, pharmaceutical companies that come out and basically they're whistleblowers on their companies and these vaccinations. And uh, he's been completely focused on that. And when I've asked him to kind of look at the other side of the aisle, and the good that the vaccination has done, he has just been unable to do that because he has spent the last year and a half, almost two years being dead set against it. And this is my worry is that we're so dead set against it. Are we doing more harm to ourselves than good? 
do we have the ability to be rational? And that's really scary. So he's been texting me and we have a very open relationship. I I like to think that we can have dialogue about the hardest and toughest subjects that we face. And um, it's been some good conversations about it, but it hasn't changed his mind. Um, When he's come to me once again this last week and, and pointed out these cases where the vaccine has done more harm than good, um, I've tried to help him to understand why I stopped listening to the news and social media and why I completely focus on the Lord, which is one of the talks from this latest conference is that when we focus on the Lord, all kind of just falls into place for us. Um, and we keep our hope, we keep our faith, we keep our ability to have joy in any circumstance. And I believe he used, um, and I can't believe which speaker gave this talk off the top of my head. He used the, t- the example of uh, the father who was taking his son out to like a country road that was hardly used. And um, when the son got into the driver's seat, the father gave him some instruction to just slowly pull out into the road and just to start to drive. And he had driven maybe a minute or so and the father please asked him to stop because he was getting nauseous. And what he realized is that he was, the son was driving all over the road because he was looking at the end of the hood. He was not focusing further ahead of himself so that he could keep a straight line. And I think that this is a great analogy and I love how our leaders always teach in parables because it really helps us to understand how when we focus further up the road, um, we can stay true to that straight and very narrow path um, without bobbing and weaving and swerving everywhere that's going to make us nauseous. It's going to make it difficult for us to stay on that path. And um, I believe that kind of comes with the eternal perspective. But how do you open up the mind of someone who has spent no time as an adult on his spiritual education? I know that he knows that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is truly Jesus Christ's church and kingdom here on earth. But sadly, that's it. That's all he knows. And uh, I think with some things that the church has been doing, you know, most recently, especially in the last year, Um, he struggles with because of the lack of faith, understanding, and really just the lack of knowledge. And um, when I was trying to share some really important scriptures that had helped kind of soothe me and help me to make the right decision to follow the counsel of the First Presidency, um, this is where the other scriptures come to mind, that you don't cast pearl before swine, that you um, can only teach at the level or ability of knowledge that the student has. So if you're teaching the student, and like a scholar student who's really an intro student and is just in uh, the introduction phase of the gospel, it's just not gonna work. And I remember feeling this way myself when I first came back into the church. As an adult, I would have conversations with people or I would hear someone bear their testimony and sometimes it would just go right over my head or I felt like I couldn't even understand, like wrap my mind around it. And um, 
as I've continued to push forward in faith and remain true to the gospel of Jesus Christ and be church attending and uh, going to the temple, I started to recognize that we can only comprehend the things that uh, we've acquired the knowledge for. So it's kind of that ladder, you know, our, what rung are we on? And uh, the teaching that comes from our Sunday school teachers, seminary teachers, even when we talk amongst ourselves within our family has to remain at the level that they're on, not the level that we are on. But if we can't teach somehow through the spirit at the level of understanding that they have, it just falters. And that's kind of what happened with he and I as I was talking about um, and using scriptures about his ways are not our ways and the earth is his pedestal and um, that you have to be very careful of the logic of man. And he, he basically told me, stop. I need you to stop because I can't even wrap my head around what you're trying to say. And so I had this dawning realization throughout that day as I continued to reflect on that conversation that here we are living in the latter days and the time has come when the proverbial um, it's just gotten really bad. I'm sorry. I tend to use analogies that aren't very Christ-like being raised in a predominantly male-dominated family with a rain father. So I'm trying not to use those phrases, um, but it has hit the fan and we are not uniting. We are not coming together. Those of us who are in the faith and active in the church, we're coming together, but the rest of them aren't. And as I was driving, inevitably always on the road, um, it dawned on me how I'm going to have to sit here and watch them go through the throes of where they're at and their faith. Whether if that's they're an atheist and don't believe in God, um, they know that this church is, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ, but that's all they know, and they've done nothing else to educate themselves spiritually. Um, and I'm going to have to sit here and watch this and endure this. And if I think, you know, I lately I've been feeling a lot of sorrow from the wickedness and evil in the world. Um, this is going to get worse. And I'm going to have to witness this with personal relationships that run deep in my heart. And uh, the understanding that came over me when the Spirit was showing and helping me to understand this, um, my heart just torn in two, torn in two. But at the same time, I understand that this is what it is. I mean, they have the agency to live their life as they choose. And I can try to persuade and influence or teach in some way, but it's up to them. And I will help in any way that I can, but oftentimes they won't let me help because they don't get what I'm trying to do. And so that makes things a lot harder. And so, yep, here I am holding fast to this last general conference. So the talk that really has helped me through what I've been dealing with lately is called Facing Our Spiritual Hurricanes by Believing in Jesus Christ. And I believe this was the Sunday afternoon session. Uh, this talk was given by Elder Sean Douglas of the 70. And he says, we face our spiritual hurricanes best by believing in Christ and keeping his commandments. In my patriarchal blessing, I remember it said that um, right now the commandments may seem 
uh, like a sacrifice or difficult, but as I continue to be obedient in keeping the Lord's commandments, that they will become easier and it will become sweeter. And see the difference in knowledge base. When you first start to keep the commandments and you're having to change your life to fall in line with the commandments of Jesus Christ, it can seem like a sacrifice. You're not used to doing it and you're having to um, you're having these desires for maybe the first time to live the commandments of Jesus Christ, which means you're having to change. And these can seem like sacrifices. But in my experience, the more that you keep the commandments, the more you're obedient, the more that you desire to do the things that are right and to come unto Christ, these things do become easier and they do become sweeter. And I'm grateful for our leaders who continue to reinforce this. Um, he also used the example of the hurricanes in our lives that we face and that uh, he lived in Texas on the Gulf Coast. And he says that by living the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are assured that when dark clouds of trouble hang over us and threaten our peace to destroy, there is hope smiling brightly before us. And that only comes to those who pursue and live um, and desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I think in this last conference, they've talked a lot about focusing on Christ and keeping him square and the center of that bullseye that we're looking at throughout our lives, which harkens back to um, keeping our eternal perspective and keeping those eternal goggles on. Uh, President Russell M. Nelson says, Saints can be happy under every circumstance and we can feel joy even while having a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad year. And the joy that we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. So when the focus of our lives is on Jesus Christ and his gospel, we can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives. And this is so important for me, especially because as you're aware, for those who are repeat listeners, my life just is, is very full and I have a lot going on. I think the scriptures are replete with examples of people, men and women, God's children, who have been set in certain circumstances and, and living in certain ways that are just so challenging, but um, have learned how to be happy and to find joy even in the worst of circumstances. And that's what the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ can bring into your life. It also gives me a lot of um, hope because as we continue to push forward in these latter days, um, and things just get tougher and tougher and tougher. We can look to Christ as he walks out on the water and focus on him and join him out in that water as he strengthens us. So the commandments truly are commandments of love because he loves his children and he wants us to be able to endure and to persevere. Um, you know, when they go back to the last conference and we talk about how we let God prevail in our lives, that's when we're going to start having these successful moments and being able to actually feel some sort of contentment and peace and joy in our lives that can bring us the happiness that they talk about. And with those that aren't in the gospel, that don't attend church, that are just doing different things, I see how they struggle. And let's face it, I'm in the gospel and I struggle. You know, I do, um, but I'm getting better. Okay, and I'm getting better because I stay true to the gospel. Um, when I shake or when I get angry or when I have things that kind of I'm dealing with, I always fall back to the fact that I know what I know because when the Holy Ghost testifies these things to our heart, it is undeniable. 
And so I hold fast to that and I hold on and I ride out the wave. Um, and I do it imperfectly. Most of the time I'm faithful. Sometimes I'm filled with anguish and I just got to let God know. Um, but as we stay true to the gospel and to the teachings that are coming through our prophet leaders at this time and during this dispensation, we can truly have that hope and joy even when we feel that we are surrounded by so much wickedness and evil that we feel like we're drowning. Have you felt that way? I know I have. President Nelson continues, he says, it becomes a rather simple formula. If you want to be happy, keep the commandments. And that's true. You know, my personal experience, when I keep the commandments and I'm obedient, I feel more at content and peaceful in the things that I am dealing with, which makes it easier for me to be the example of the believers, for me to lead that example with my children, my siblings, my nephews and nieces, um, with my even my own husband, whoever it needs to be. And I'm grateful for this knowledge. Doubt is a virus. Um, I think it's inevitable for us to have questions and it's natural for us to have questions because this is how we get into the celestial kingdom. When we have questions, we are to search, seek, ponder, and look for that information, look for that gospel knowledge that can only come from the Spirit of God. But it's when we doubt that virus kicks in and then it exposes us to the buffetings of Lucifer. And the adversary loves it when that door is open for him. Even if it's only open enough for him to put his toe in there, he'll stick his big fat toe in there and he'll kick it open because this is who he is. He lives to destroy us. He understands who's going to win this battle between good and evil, and he still lives to destroy us. So we need to remember that doubt is a virus and it truly is an enemy of faith and joy. Um... This general authority says, uh, and this is the same article facing our spiritual hurricanes by believing in Christ. Just as warm ocean water is the breeding ground for hurricanes, doubt is the breeding ground for spiritual hurricanes. Just as belief is a choice, so is doubt. When we choose to doubt, we choose to be acted upon, yielding power to the adversary, thereby leaving us weak and vulnerable. The breeding ground of doubt can appear inviting because it's seemingly peaceful. The warm waters do not require us to live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. And in such waters, Satan tempts us to relax our spiritual vigilance. That inattention can induce a lack of spiritual conviction where we are neither cold nor hot. If we are not anchored on Christ, doubt and its allures will lead us away to apathy where we shall find neither miracles, lasting happiness, nor rest unto our souls. What I've seen within my own family and when they get onto um, this, what I like to call the doubt train, is um, they take pride in their own ability to uh, prove wrong the gospel of Jesus Christ and how smart they are. And um, this has happened with people that I'm very close to. And I just look at them and, I, and, and the thought always goes through my head, you really think that you know more than God and Jesus Christ. I mean, this is what you fold yourself into thinking, as well as the adversary. This is the influence that you've opened yourself up to. With all of your experience, everything you know, everything that you've witnessed, you really believe that you know more than they do. And it just dumbfounded. I, I get so dumbfounded, I don't understand. And um, that's where I need to work. 
I need to put a lot of work in because then I get impatient. And when you're impatient, you can't do the Lord's work. Um, and so I've been really working on that lately. As a matter of fact, um, one of the other episodes I talked about praying on a Christ attribute such as meekness and praying about it to understand it and acquire it not just a day or a week but maybe do it for six months eight months a year and so what I've been working on is patience and everything is so hard I mean I could be dealing with so much and be so exhausted I had my grandson this last week and his teething oh my gosh he could not sleep one night he was up all the next day i was tired he was tired and he was in so much pain i was doing everything i knew how to do i was googling ways to help him um and i don't know if you know this or not but you can't even get baby aura gel anymore so how are you supposed to help these kids they have a lot of natural remedies on the shelves but these things don't work at least they didn't for him and in the midst of all this stubbing your toe or you know you walk through a door frame and you accidentally hit your elbow that one little thing can really push you beyond it can be what what breaks the camel's back and um interestingly enough i think because i've continued to ask heavenly father to help me with patience to give me patience and to be um that patient person mostly not for myself but for the people around me they're the ones that need me to be patient um, this last week has really helped me and I was able to identify two days in a row where he ex expounded my ability um, to be patient and to continue to push forward to have the energy and to be Christ-like even though I was so exhausted and tired normally I would want to push back and just be cantankerous um, but finally, because I continue to pursue, pursue, pursue through prayer and actually trying to do this in my everyday living, uh, I experienced two days where I was able to be patient. And that experience brought a lot of peace and contentment in my being. And that is invaluable, is to be content and peaceful within your, your soul. And I really, really appreciate the blessings that come from Christ as we pursue his characteristics and attributes and look to take on his very image and countenance while we're here. Um, President Nelson goes on to talk about faith in Jesus Christ as the foundation of all belief and the conduit of divine power. The Lord does not require perfect faith for us to have access to his perfect power, but he does ask us to believe. Doesn't that seem like it's just a simple request? So he's made it very clear that we don't have to have perfect faith in order to have access to his perfect power, but we have to believe. Shouldn't that be so simple? It just sounds so simple and easy, and yet it's not. Um, the most recent example I have is that uh, my older brother has four children, two, two boys and two girls, and they've all fallen away from the church and asked their names to be removed from... Um, the church membership and uh, I know that um, at least one or two of them believe that President Nelson's not a prophet of God and when we found this out a few years ago uh, my mom had shared that with him my older brother 
and she had told me that he just was really sorrowful over that. Now we fast forward to 2021 and after the mid-August uh, message that was presented to us through the First Presidency, um, he too has now found himself in a place where he does not believe that President Nelson is the prophet of God. And he's falling away from the gospel. This truly is the separation of the wheat and tares. Even the most elect and chosen will be fooled. Um, we will be put through trials and hardships that will test our faith in the greatest of ways. And uh, we've got to remember that why we're here. Why we're here. This is a probation. This is a proving ground. Uh, we've been sent through the veil of forgetfulness to come here and prove ourselves forthwith to return and be worthy to live with our Heavenly Father and Mother and our Savior Jesus Christ and our family. And if we can just keep it that simple and remember that purpose, maybe it'll help us through these times that just seem to be so difficult and hard and can knock the best of us off of our faith journey. This has really hit home to me personally because uh, my sons, my two boys, are very against the vaccine shot. And um, I'm fine with it. You know, I believe in agency. I get it. I have a personal testimony of agency and its divine role within the plan of salvation. And I'm fine with it. Um, but I am fearful that uh, this could um, end up being something that's harmful uh, to them, to my grandson. And uh, I just keep asking the Lord for me to have faith great enough to be able to endure a trial like that. Um, I think as any mom or parent, even a father knows that to watch your children suffer because of life, their decisions, um, is really hard. And, uh, I can only imagine what Heavenly Father goes through as he watches us, um, make poor decisions and do things that pull us away from him. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be my greatest trial. And so I've got to keep it simple is to be believing always to be believing and to be faithful um he mentioned in this talk too is turning our challenges into unparalleled growth and opportunity i really loved that point of view because it was striking if we can look at our hardships and these times that our faith is being tested and pushed and our abilities are being stretched beyond anything that we can comprehend can we just simply look at it as an opportunity to turn those trials and challenges into unparalleled growth and opportunity? Can we see it as simply as that so that we can work with the Spirit and learn? Learn these very invaluable and important lessons. I know that my audience seems to span, um, surprisingly enough, all age groups. And right now, I just want to talk to the youth, those of you who are listening to me that are between um, the ages of 12 and 30. Your generations have been saved for this time here on earth, and you've heard this repeatedly. Just because you hear this over and over again, do not let it lose the value and impact to understand that you were held until the very last moment of the earth's life, of this experience here. You guys are being assaulted in so many different directions. I couldn't even imagine what that's like 
as I once thought that even my own upbringing and uh, being a teenager and through my 20s was very difficult. We had a lot that we were exposed to and there were a lot of changes in my lifetime. But with you, you've got Lucifer who is rampaging and has exponentially ramped up his efforts. So he likes to use intellect and knowledge. He likes to use the logic of man to justify things that are completely opposite and contrary to all that Christ and God represent. Be careful. Please be oh so careful. When we go to extremes with being tolerant, um, we can end up losing our faith ground and putting ourselves off from the Lord. Remember that this is your eternal life that you're talking about. This experience here on earth is going to be a blip for you. It's going to be a blip for all of us. And what you do here is going to affect where you end up after you pass this life. This is just one of those stepping stones that you're taking to become like God. So as the world likes to make everything seem glamorous and okay and acceptable, just remember where that falls when you look to Jesus Christ, those things that the world says is glamorous and acceptable and wonderful and pleasing. How does Christ see that? Um, please draw close to your Savior by studying out his life in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go to um, the other good resources that you can find in the Bible and look at Christ, look up Jesus. Go to those scriptures, write them down, spend time with the Spirit. Make your relationship with the Savior Jesus Christ as close as your immediate family, as close as you are to your mom and dad, your siblings, maybe an auntie or an uncle, maybe even your grandparents. Bring Christ so close to your heart and your very being that when you see things out in the world, you can identify them quickly, exactly what they are, good or evil, if this is gonna put you on the path to choose the right. And please be vigilant about your spirituality and your place with God. He needs you. This last conference, they've asked us to be reliable in our love for God. And that struck my heart because a few weeks ago, I was really upset with him. I was really upset with him because I was going through too much. And it was more than I could bear is what I thought. I fast forward a couple of weeks and you know what? I'm fine. And I realize now that my ability is greater than I ever thought it could be. So please just do that work and uh, just know that I'm pulling for you and I'm praying for you and I'm rooting you on for my own little piece here in Ventura. share this example from facing our spiritual hurricanes by believing in Christ um, and I just sorry I needed to take a moment as I was complete feeling completely overwhelmed by the spirit earlier and I uh, didn't want to rob the message of the episode by being overly emotional 
He says, Our granddaughter Ruby has been blessed with a strong take charge will, and when she was born, her esophagus was not attached to her stomach. But even as an infant, Ruby, with her parents' help, met this trial with an unusual determination, and she's now five years old. Though she is still very young, she's a powerful example of not letting her circumstances determine her happiness, and she is always happy. Last May, Ruby faced an additional hurricane in her life with faith. She was also born with less than a fully developed hand that needed reconstructive surgery. And prior to this rather complex operation, we visited with her and gave her a drawing that beautifully depicts a child's hand warmly holding the hand of the Savior. And when we asked her if she was nervous, she replied, no, I'm happy. Then we asked her, Ruby, how is that so? And Ruby confidently asserted, because I know that Jesus will hold my hand. Ruby's recovery has been miraculous, and she continues to be happy. How the purity of a child's faith contrasts with the foolishness of doubt that can frequently tempt us as we get older. But we can all become as little children and choose to put aside our unbelief. And it is a simple choice. So let us be careful as we get older that we will not be prideful and think that we know better than our Savior and our Heavenly Father. Let us remember to be like the children who are so faithful and just believe and are so loving. Um, this last conference was very striking in so many ways. It answered so many questions that I had very succinctly, one right after another. And I think uh, we're seeing as time goes on, each conference is becoming more and more direct. There's no beating around the bush anymore. There's no um, molly coddling going on. It is come and come as you are because the invitation from your Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, is to come follow me. And when you come follow him and accept that invitation, just by having that one simple desire, it starts to purify your life over time as you continue to follow your Savior. And you can trust in him. And I know this from personal experience as he has changed me and my heart from one person to another. And that is his ability and what he can do for us. So I just want to say this in closing is that you can trust the prophet. He truly is a prophet of the Lord. And he is here to guide us and direct us. And I know that our Father in Heaven and Jesus Christ love us so much because they have given us a prophet. They have given us apostles, the same structure as the church was first established here on earth. And this is their great love for us. They have not left us alone. The heavens are open and through repentance, obedience, faith and devotion, conviction and commitment, we can make this experience here on earth work for us as we pass from this experience and return home and our goal is always to return to live back with our heavenly father and our savior jesus christ and i leave this with you in the name of jesus christ amen as always please stay healthy stay safe and most importantly stay faithful and remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle i have received your messages i have gotten some emails um, this last week has been crazy for me. I will respond to those uh, this week as I have a bit of a lull in my schedule. But I always appreciate your love and support. Um, most of the time I'm shocked that people come to even listen to this podcast. 
but I know it truly is a work of the Lord. And I just want you to know that when we do the work of the Lord, we can feel the very love that Christ has for each other, for us, for each other. And I'm grateful for this knowledge and for the truth. Remember to search for pure truth and be believing with much love and God bless.